wait, you're supposed to host. You host. Yeah. <laughs> I can host. Uh, hi again, everyone. Welcome back. Look at your to plug when you're playing this weekend yeah, later, John. I'm at the Chapel in. Hut in Needham <laughs> out on Route 9. You know how these things work. I've done so many of these things. <laughs> well, why don't you guys go ahead and introduce yourselves to our listeners this week? Uh, I'm Chris Downey, executive producer and co-writer of this episode. I'm Beth Reesgraff, executive actress. What? what? I play Parker. Yeah. If you what want, we'll make that your can title. Can I have a title? Sure. Would that feel better? Yes, okay. thank you. Uh, I'm John Rogers, executive producer and writer of the linked episode, uh, The Boys' Night Out. So <laughs> and director. I, I can answer some of those, yeah. And today we're going to be discussing a Girls' Night Out job. So can we just jump right into these questions? Absolutely. Sure. Okay. Yes. So Candy Mays asks, since this is a crossover between Girls' Night Out and Boys' Night Out jobs, was filming done differently than usual? Uh, yes, horribly differently. Uh, we we split <laughs> the. We, it, it, it actually <laughs> comes from it comes from the first show Chris and I worked on together, Cosby. Back yeah. in the day, uh, we had two very distinct sets on that show, which was Cosby's House and then the Coffee Shop. And at one point, I had pitched uh, doing a version of Rosencrantz and Gilda Skirner Dead uh, oh. on Cosby, which right. is okay. we would do an episode where we just did a regular Cosby episode, and the next week we would do it all from Felicia Day and Madeline Kahn's point of view, and realize they had an entirely different life going on over in that other set. Nice. Uh, at which point the CBS executive stared at me like a dog watching a ceiling <laughs> fan. But the idea of doing like Rosencrantz and Gilles Turner Dead always was kind of fascinating, and then when we came up with this idea, uh, what was really cool is Chris had, had, had really been thinking about the girls' night out stuff, bringing mm-hmm. Peggy back. And it occurred to us we could do what we wanted to do back then, which was split it. It was mm-hmm. basically do just the girls and then just the guys, and so we shot them simultaneously. Which was great for all the girls shooting <laughs> at 4 a.m. and cocktail dresses and lots of makeup. You also, look gorgeous. You also, looked, when you, you looked amazing. Uh, for you uh, newbies out there, if you're planning to just shoot a show that takes place entirely at night, you want to have as much night as possible, and yeah. we shot this during the shortest night of the year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was... Now, mine had a lot of interiors, so actually I, yeah, I, I I wrote mine knowing I would be directing it and so made it as easy as possible for me. You <laughs> you really, I, I didn't really think cheated. that one through. We're so <laughs> happy for you oh, that no, that, that worked was, out wow, so well. Wow, that was that easy. We had like yeah. a four-hour last day. It was uh, yeah. cruise through. Yeah. Uh, you guys were tangoing till 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. No, it was, Jerry was. The light is coming! I keep filming! I'm on the roof at one point in heels, like click, 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 click. It's freezing. Everybody's in parkas, and I'm in a cocktail dress, and right before they would call action. I'm like, like my cheeks, my teeth were chatting so hard that it was just like, oh my god. And then I had to freeze. Use it. Use it. I used it. Use it. I used it. Cool. Okay. Well, our next question kind of also deals with what happens in between the episodes. Um, Ella Bell asks, "Do you Tara and Sophie see each other often between the episodes?" I think they go to like crochet class. Like, it's a crochet <laughs> class. Yeah, knitting Hot, class. Sexy they class. wear the sexy uh, secretary glasses. Like, oh, wow, yeah. that's they great. They just like fuck with the people at the class. I can swear yeah. in this, right? Yeah, I've yeah. always yeah. Sworn. Nice. They probably have a code, Morse code, worked out with the metal knitting needles. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually a really good I, idea. I like this a lot. Yeah. yeah. We're and totally going to use this. That just great. came to me. Oh, wow, that's yeah. great. Oh, why don't we have you in the writer's room more often? Morse code More often. I've never been. In there. That's what I mean. More often I know, than ever. It's no, it's for the best. Oh, um, <laughs> I mean, I could if you guys want. No, no, it's sure. Okay. It's okay. Wait, stop, stop. Uh, no, we're I going know. to talk after this. I've got other ideas about That's Falcons. So, oh my God, that'd be so yes. great. You're, I mean, okay. Chris is going to work with you on those ideas. Oh, cool. Okay. There you go. I'm going to work with other people. You and I. There you go. The writers. Um, the idea is that there's a lot of stuff that happens on in between episodes that hopefully will be covered in. Um, Flashbacks and uh, hopefully the tie-in novels and the right the books the board games yeah. and the uh, the role-playing the games. giveaways at the Burger King. <laughs> oh. 
Sweet. Well, we've got another Tara question. Uh, Brenda Arendt is asking, did Jerry Ryan know how to tango before this episode, or did she have to learn? Uh, I can. She, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I'll, I can take this one. She she had to learn and learn fast because oh we were gosh. up there for a week, and she did the most phenomenal job. Um, uh, you know, we had a crash course in tango. I think we went through two tango teachers. Uh, one of them, uh, the first one was very nice, uh, uh, and I won't mention anybody's names uh, up in Portland, but she said, I don't do show tango. So I guess there's like kind of a uh, a split in the tango community, like yeah. the West Coast and East First Coast rappers. First of all, rappers. I love the visual of someone telling Jerry Ryan, like, right. no, exactly. No. I can't do that. I, I won't like, do really? show <laughs> tango. I do, yeah. you know, traditional tango. Who can forget when uh, Armando Valenzuela went and nailed his his policy of like a hundred things he had wrong with show tango to the <laughs> yes the, exactly the door of the tango <laughs> school nice. in, in Argentina. the great split yeah exactly the um, Lutheran tango people um yeah and, no, and she did she just did I had, had to do a crash course I think and, spent you know eight hours a day over yeah. the over the weekend I, I will note that she in one morning in particular she had to go to tango in about three or four hours after I said goodnight to her at the bar. I remember that night. Yeah, yeah. I remember that too. She was like, I have to tango in like four hours. <laughs> and then she ended up tangoing all day, but yeah. she got it down. She, she was really done. good. She was fantastic. Phenomenal. I also mentioned, by the way, that was the night that she beat both Christian and Timmy Pool. Yes, she nice. did. <laughs> oh, that was brutal. Is that when yeah. I was playing ping pong with you at four in the morning, and I like, I was like, I'm really good at ping pong, and I threw the ball up in the air, and then I dropped it yeah, as I was that serving. Was, you, yeah, you that left. was really cool. <laughs> that was amazing, and I loved that you were my boss in that moment. Yeah. Like, wow, I'm gonna definitely use this later. <laughs> well, now you know. We use everything. Well, and to follow up on that, will Tara be coming back for more episodes? Uh, not yes. this season, but yes, definitely. Yes, in the future. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The more that you know, the problem we have is that actors are attached. They're actual human beings attached to these characters, and mm -hmm. so you know they're on other shows. And, mm -hmm. and if if Jerry were available more, we'd use her more. But you know, those selfish bastards on the network show that employ her full time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Who, by the way, all, that was a joke. They actually were really great about <laughs> scheduling with us and getting her out. Yeah. But you know, they kind of when you hire someone, you kind of need them around. Yeah. Well, the, a lot of people are also asking the same thing about Mattingly. Any future plans for him? We would love to have him back. I mean, I, I thought of the two episodes, and you've only seen part one, uh, the guest cast we have across both of them, we could assemble a leverage team out of out of the get, just the guest stars. That's what I was thinking, actually. There's a lot of uh, material waiting to be written, I think, there with all those backstories and uh, sort of, I love Drew Powell coming back. I mean, he was in rehab, uh, the rehab. Yeah, so in theory, if you had Mattingly, Jerry, Drew Powell, and then Peggy, so, and yeah. as, as your sort of straight man, and then yeah. Sophia Pernis as the, as yeah. the hot nun. And, and I'm yeah, gonna, you, you, that's a show. <laughs> I can I'm gonna, and I'm going to throw this out there for you uh, folks, uh, you know, editors out there. You want to cut that trailer together and send that to us? Go right oh, ahead. Man. And yes. Parker should definitely Please. be in there, right? Both, right. She's the crossover yeah. character yeah, she's for both series. Yeah, that's right. what I thought. Of yeah, of We've actually yeah. got a lot of Parker <laughs> questions. Um, first of all, Winnie Wawas asks, I love Parker's dress. Any ideas who designed it? Uh, that was actually came from the store Cachet, and uh, the shoes were by Sam Edelman, I think, from Nordstrom. That's right, wow. John. I love wow. the sense of fashion. <laughs> how, could a man, how could a man who wears identical paramedic shirts know so fair, much about fashion? To be fair, they're not identical. There are four green ones and four blue ones. Oh, boy. And I actually, actually have to alternate them in the writer's room, because if I wear two blue ones in a row, Chris gets really angry. He's like, I don't know what day it is. It's really my wear... only reference point to time and space. <laughs> is whether I'm wearing a blue or a green blue. 
shirt. Green shirt. Um, you know, I a lot a lot of time at night I just like go on websites and go through Vogue and stuff and think, <laughs> what should Beth Reedscraft wear? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's just, uh, and what's cool is uh, when you're a fan, that's creepy. When you're the boss, that's part of your job. That's kind of, <laughs> it's the, one of the reasons to become a writer. Yeah. The creepy becomes acceptable. Good reasoning. Good reasoning. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and an anonymous is asking, Beth, did filming this episode feel different than the others? Was there a different energy on the set with just the girls? Yes, absolutely. It was completely different and um, strange at the same time. I mean, we had a blast. It was so fun, all the girls being together like this. But um, it was weird because our base camps, uh, where we set the trailers up, were at the same place. So all oh. the trailers were there, but everything was doubled. So there was twice as many you know trailers twice as many crew we had to split crew people were going back and forth and it became sort of like this game like oh go back to the other set why don't you like everybody started getting really competitive but all the boys swore their episode would be better than ours and we told them no way in hell would their episode be better than ours we have girls and skirts and guys and the whole deal and they were like yeah but we also have a lot of great things so anyways but it was fun and um the night shoots were totally different for us because we don't always get a chance to do that which i actually kind of loved uh mm -hmm. you know the rooftop scene i think it adds a cool edge to our show like in the pilot when we had the night stuff i love that and um yeah and and i was sad that i didn't get to work with the guest stars on the other show but i was so happy to have worked with our guys too so yeah it was different all around in town but kind of nice to have girl energy mm -hmm. for for a little while too and Rebecca asks, Maddie brought up Parker's world-renowned reputation as a thief. Is Parker ever tempted to get back into the game on her own? Uh, I would say, I would say, well, you well, know, well, it's, the, it's I think always the, half and the half. Line in the, the line in the episode is, and I think it sums it up, is she never got out of the game. She just plays by a different set of rules. Yeah, right. that's, that's what I was kind of going reaching for there. It's like, yeah. you know, she hasn't stopped stealing. She just found a socially, a pseudo-socially acceptable way to yeah, do it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I think, I mean, part of them, each character probably still, ha I mean, you can take the, what would the saying be? You could take the... Oof. The thief, thief out of, out of the, the harness, yeah. but you can't take the harness out of the thief. No, no, no. that's just creepy. That's just creepy. But <laughs> anyways, I'm sure we all have a thread of something still, and you know where we yeah. we yeah. take a gamble. But well, that kind of goes along with the next Parker question. In this episode, Parker struggled with what it means to have normal relationships. Will we be seeing more of this growth from her character? And do you think all of the team members of all of the team members, Parker has the most to learn socially? I don't know. It's funny. If you look at Nate. Yeah. No, that's, for example, that's actually a very valid thing. To be yeah. honest, like Nate is so fucked up socially right now. He's so vulnerable and mm -hmm. so um, a kind of like a live wire, really. I mean, Nate is, John, you've brought this up, but Nate's not like a happy-go-lucky guy. There's a real dark side there. And I think that he, more than any of us, has got some pressing issues. I mean, especially with the way we left this last season. Um and his relationship with Sophie has this apparency of lightness and whatever, but behind all that, I really feel like Nate has has some work to do there. Yeah, yeah Parker, Parker, Parker's kind of on her own arc, and because she's a very centered character in her own way, there'll always be struggles, but there's there's a, a core identity here. Yeah. You know, um, and it's all about how people people heal within the sort of new family that they've made. But yeah, Nate, to a great degree, they're, they're, it's interesting because as we were still first breaking the episode, I, I originally was thinking, because I was doing the poker bit, you guys were doing the, the you, we, we wrote, split up the scenes for the crossover bits. And it's like, how do I get them to separate? And then when I realized 
the gambit of getting him to play poker because he has no friends was was not a gambit. It's actually true. He has no friends. Right. And when you see that episode, you will see a moment where he gets very uncomfortable, and it's not because he's not liking the company he's with. He's with. It's because he's realized it's true. Yeah. He doesn't know how to talk to anybody. Right. And there's a yeah. beautiful scene. I don't want to give it away, but there's a beautiful scene at the end of part two that I think bookends that. Yeah, you guys absolutely. Will, you guys will look for that. The final scene of the second episode yeah. really brings that he, theme he always, home. He always is a little bit apart. And so, yeah. I mean, it, Parker always has her journey to go on, and it's a very distinct journey, but uh, of the bunch of them, you know, he's the one that goes through the ringer. Right. Well, and our final question, and since it's been announced that next season, Leverage will be set in Portland, a lot of people were asking, will we see what happens in this season, season four, to make the Leverage team move from Boston to Portland, or is that something for season five. You, you'll understand why they did it at the end. And there's a small bit of cover at the beginning of this season, but it was it's plainly gotten a little too hot in Boston, mm -hmm. especially by the end of this season. Mm -hmm. So um, it's not nothing quite as cataclysmic as an exploding, an exploding office. Yeah. But, um, you know, we just really like shooting in Portland. We shot two episodes shot in the Northwest. Portland, we shot one specifically set in Portland. It was so nice to just be able to use the exteriors without trying to hide them. Yeah. And the yeah. city looks gorgeous. And, you know, Port cities are notoriously film noir, crime world appropriate locations. Mm -hmm. So why not? Yeah, why and not? And there's more of a vibe too, I think now than there was when we first started. Portlandia is Great. set up there, Great and is and is kind of like put Portland's personality on the map in yeah. a way. And Grimm now on NBC is shooting up there and shooting Portland for Portland. So it really kind of opened it up to us. Yeah. Yeah, we, I mean, we, we tend to say that the leverage team travels, so the city will be doubling for other cities still, but home base will will, will be Portland. Cool. Yeah. Well, thanks to all of you guys for joining us. And, thanks and for all the questions. Yeah, yes, thanks, thanks. thanks for writing in. Uh, don't forget to tweet your questions after each week's episodes on Twitter. Use the hashtag Leverage10Podcast, or you can post your questions on the Leverage Facebook page. No questions too big, too small, or too crazy, so just send them all in. Well, I mean... <laughs> 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 With a reason. Thanks, guys. Thanks, thanks for watching.